everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum. I'm your host, Kyle, with, with a kitty, with, with a kitty K. And today I have with me the new blood, Brennan. Brennan, how you doing? I am good. I didn't realize that we had already been recording for a minute. Um, <laughs> so the intro to that will be interesting to hear. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm not a very holiday person. Uh, so seeing all of these holiday, like Thanksgiving and Christmas ads and decorations and, sh- and shit, just like it gets me going. So, uh, Besides that, I'm I'm doing okay. I got I got a nice uh, pounder Bud Light lime here, mm-hmm. and then if I run out of that, I got some Elvis juice. Elvis juice. That's what these. I mean, high school. Quick question though. Um, <laughs> you said you're not really a holiday person. Um, mm-hmm. Why so? I'm. I don't know. I've just never really like been into it. I'll I'll celebrate it with family and stuff, you know. But it's just. Uh, I really like Halloween, and I could give a shit less about every other holiday. Fair enough. What about? And also, I I typically work, uh, like, I always work the past five Thanksgivings I've worked, the past four Christmases, the past three New Year's. Um, So I, I, I typically end up working them, so I think that might also play into it a little bit, but I totally understand that. Yeah. I've worked in retail my whole life. So when the holidays come around, it's like just another day almost. Oh, I, well, uh, I, I would assume that black Friday is probably the worst of them. Yeah. I'm preparing for that for sure. Um, this week leading up to it has been a little rough, but that's to be expected in the line of work that I'm in. But we also have <laughs> <laughs> today. What about Monday? Easter though. That voice that you hear on the other end of the microphone is Ian with Louise. <laughs> baby. Mm. Ian, how you doing? Uh, fine. Do you also hate holidays? Uh, no. No, uh, my dad makes some pretty good uh, Thanksgiving food. Some really, uh, some really good Thanksgiving food, actually. I'm not. I can't even front about that. What's your favorite um, Thanksgiving side? Side. Oh, side. Um, my new stepmom. She makes. Um, <laughs> How many stepmoms have you had? <laughs> out of curiosity. I, I uh, didn't this mean is my laugh. second one. Okay. I didn't mean to laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, awkward. Um. <clears throat> She makes a really, really good, um, what is it? Sweet potato casserole. And it's like mm. a dessert. It's so freaking good, man. Oh, okay. But, oh, potatoes as well. Oh, love potatoes. Are we a baked potato guy? A mashed no, potato mashed. guy? Oh, mashed. Oh, for yeah. sure. Hell yeah. You guys are both mashed. Oh, mashed potatoes. I typically eat them every day. See, me personally, I would rather have a loaded baked potato over mashed potatoes any day of the week. Any day. A loaded baked I mean, potato. I mean, I will say, uh, baked potato, throw some uh, butter, sour cream, chives on it. 
jeez. Oh, hot sauce. Oh, hot sauce. Oh, yeah. Exactly. But here's the thing, though. Here's the one downside to a big potato. You can't put gravy on it. I mean, I guess you can, but it just it, it doesn't hit the same. the same. Yeah, it doesn't hit the same as mashed potatoes. So. My dad makes the best gravy. He puts, like, gizzards <laughs> and liver in there. It's so freaking good. Hell yeah. Ugh. So is there any... Uh... Don't say that again. <laughs> yeah, I, tried to, I tried to pass it for you. I tried to brush past it for you, but... Um, any media that we are indulging in lately that you guys would like to discuss? I watched a really bad 70s kind of horror movie lately. Um, the pitch was a... Um, a 70s horror movie set in the Philippines starring a young um, Tom Selleck um, about witches. And it was possibly one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) It's called Daughters of Satan. You you really got my hopes up there for a second. It had my hopes up. It had my hopes up. But uh, unfortunately, did not deliver whatsoever. It was very boring and the acting was terrible. Even Tom Selleck was terrible. And Tom yeah, Tom <laughs> not not one of his best, not one of his best. Um, probably the highlight of the last two weeks, movie wise, new movies would have to be um, not horror, but Cradle to the Grave, starring DMX, R.I.P. and Jet Li. R.I.P. I can't believe he's that not DMX. <laughs> his career is though past. Oh, I mean, is it though? Like he's, he's already a legend, so it's fine. He's an yeah, no, legend. but I mean, yeah. Come on, it, if you're if you're in the Expendables one, two, and three, you can't be doing too well, right? But he doesn't need to do anything like for the rest of his life. He's fucking Jet Li, dude. He's Jet Li, and I've been watching a lot of Jet Li movies this year and lately. And it, it it was that movie where he has his hand in his pocket pretty much the entire movie um, while he's fighting people. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, honestly, I knew his career was over when he was in, like, Lethal Weapon 4, so yeah. it's fine. But... Hey, that's a good one. Oh, look, can I say, The One is fantastic. The I haven't one seen it yet. So yeah. fucking good, dude. I mean, it's, it's, I'm oh, it. it's like a terrible movie, but for yeah. an action yeah. movie, it is bonkers it's super over dramatic and it's like super yeah it's it's not a great movie but it's a good Jet Li movie and I I won't spoil this for Ian but Kyle you you remember like the ending when he's on top of the mountain yeah dude (laughs) it's just (laughs) so good fantastic so good dude so good okay cool anything else Ian um nah the, the last like month has just been terrible for for new watches like i haven't really put anything over a six out of ten haven't really i watched leon the professional today um which i give uh four stars out of five and i watched children of men this was a a question i meant to ask you earlier ian how you so earlier you were on your way into work and within two, maybe three hours, there were two new letterboxed reviews. So, <laughs> so how, how do you want do you, me to break the bad news? Let me let me you tell you what happened today. Okay. There's a story behind it. There's a story behind it. So there I am on my way to work as normal, as normal. Um, I'm about four minutes from work, four minutes till arrival. Um, can't go down that way. Can't go down uh, the road I want to. 
because it is closed. So I had to make a U-turn that was 14 minutes behind me. And um, turns out there's actually there was actually a bike race today. So I would have been, and I was two hours late to work. Um, two to Tucson. Yep. Two yeah. to Tucson. Yeah. That's because uh, I thing. I a real thing. I was just stuck, and um, yeah, I was late to work. And then I tried after that was done. After the hour and a half <laughs> passed by, I went back and I was like two minutes from work but the road was closed again so i didn't want to circle all the way back do it would be it would have been like a 30 minute drive to get to work from from where i was um and so i was just like you know what it's a sign so i'm just gonna stay home fair enough yeah. fair enough brendan have you indulged in it immediately yeah um I'm three episodes away from finishing True Blood. I have to, or I don't have to, I'm choosing to write an article on it. So I'm <laughs> trying to, to speed my way through that. Uh, my, my article is an, an unpopular opinion article, and it's about why season six is the worst. Um, <clears throat> How many I, seasons are there? Seven. Oh. Um, it's been it's been a long time since I've seen it. I'm, I'm not even gonna ask. Also, I just found out that they're rebooting it, and I'm kind of excited for that. Oh, that's so stupid. What makes um, you excited for it? For more story. Oh, I, is I it like I, a? Well, so I I don't know if the original people are gonna be in it, or or what, but I'm I'm definitely excited to give it a shot. Well, I guess like what I'm wondering is it is it like a reboot in the same way Dexter's a reboot where it continues the story, but it's there, there's like, not very much quote, quote, information. Quote, rebooted, on or... it. Oh, okay. Yeah, there, there's not a ton gotcha. of information right now. Um, gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, so that, that's something coming out. Um, I, I just finished an article on Jennifer Kent. Uh, so I just rewatched the Babadook and the Nightingale. Um, those oh, are wow. two, those are real, two really tough movies to watch back to back. I, I Why felt, can't you be normal? <laughs> I like you know after like the Babadook, it is what it is. It's it's scary. It's fucking terrifying. But the Nightingale is just so emotionally draining. Um, I've only ever watched it twice, and I don't think I could ever watch it again. It's it's a lot. I've never seen it. Um, it's it's. So I, I'm I'm trying to think of a good way to describe it besides brutal. It it it's a lot. <laughs> I'm just gonna repeat that it's a lot. Um, I I really do recommend seeing it at least once if you can. Um, what else? I I feel like that was that's been it. Oh, uh, my favorite punk band just released a new album yesterday, so I've listened to that about three times in a row. Uh. Which band? Uh, it's called uh, Idols. They're a British punk band. Um, Could look it up real quick. They, if I, their their best album is called Joy as an Act of Resistance. That like got them like really big American uh, radio plays. Mm -hmm. um, so Joy as an Act of Resistance. There's not a single song on that. That's bad. Their new album, it's pretty solid. I'd probably say it's their second or third best. Um, how many oh, yeah. albums do they have? Uh, 
four, five, five, because there was one album before Joy is an Act of Resistance. Well, that's good, because if it's one of their newer albums and it's their second or third best, that's... Yeah, then that, that means that they're... That's a good to, sign. They're yeah. evolving in a good way. Yeah, but I mean, dude, I've watched videos, like live videos of them, and I, I understand that there's a safe way for musicians to scream without damaging their throat, but watching this guy live makes me feel like he's not doing the safe way, and it's so intense. Well, you don't know his throat. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in his throat? Dude, I, <laughs> I, I would say just watch one clip of him performing live, and you'd be like, oh yeah, no, that doesn't look safe. Because, <laughs> I mean, his face is beet red, veins bulging out of his neck. Like, That's it's, hot. Yeah, people don't understand that, like, with screamo shit, hardcore shit, all that kind of stuff, it's... I know that... The, like vocals is an instrument obviously but people don't look at it that way and they don't think it takes a lot of skill to do that certain kind of scream but it actually takes quite a bit of skill and uh i haven't seen i've seen a lot of hardcore shows and a lot of metal shows a lot of screamo shows and i've never seen somebody turn like fucking beat red when they're screaming so yeah it does sound like he's doing it wrong but but um, it's intense like when we're done recording you should go listen to like one or two of their live songs or, or something. It's it's just, it's, I saw that that's the only the second show I've, I've only ever seen two shows live. Um, that was one of them. And it was like beyond anything I've ever seen in person. Cool. Well, <clears throat> hey Kyle. Thank you. I was waiting for it. What have you been up to? You dirty, dirty little. Child. Well, um, not a whole lot. I've been working a lot. It's getting that time of year where uh, I put in a lot of overtime and have very little free time. And this week has also been taxing with some personal um, stuff that's happened that has taken away even more free time. So I actually haven't watched any movies this entire week except for Hellraiser. Um, so which which we'll talk about, but. I did recently finish, um, I'm, I'm still on the journey. I finished uh, Dexter Season 6, um, which is now uh, the end of the uh, Doomsday Killer, which Colin Hanks, I think that's his name, is Tom Hanks' son. Mm. He's, he's in this season, and he plays one of the, I'll just say one of the villains. And it was a good season. I enjoyed it very much. Um, I like where this is going, but now starting season seven, I'm getting to the last two seasons before the reboot and the writing is starting to show that it's not going in the direction that maybe I would have chosen. So I'm starting to kind of see what people are talking about now, Uh, but I'm still excited to finish it. And I'm still excited to start the new one reboot because I've heard it's really good. And uh, that's kind of what I'm working towards now, but, so far, what I've seen, I'm, I think I'm like three episodes into season seven. It's solid. It's good. But I just don't like the direction they're taking certain characters. And, uh, but hey, it's, it's their shit, not mine. So whatever. Um, and then on the gaming side, uh, I finally finished Mass Effect 2. 
Thank you for the round of applause, guys. I appreciate it. Is that it. the one with the eyeball scene? <laughs> no, uh, it's not. Okay. Um, but I did finish Mass Effect 2. Um, one of the greatest games of all time. Easy. Uh, the writing is so superb. It's great. I love it. Would highly recommend it for anybody that plays games. Um, and then other than that, I recently downloaded the new halo beta quote unquote they call it a beta but it's it's pretty much a live multiplayer they launched the first um season battle pass and all that kind of shit so um it's really good it's more halo uh but they've really gone back to their roots with a lot of their gameplay and uh halo 5 left a sour taste in a lot of halo fans mouths it 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 was halo but it didn't like feel like halo it looked like halo but it just had a lot of like fast movement and momentum with like thrusters and jetpacks and you being able to dodge. It it, it just wasn't Halo. Halo is very like slower, methodical, and very like precise with the way the aiming is and the gameplay is. And uh, they kind of brought it back to that. They've dialed it in a lot, and so um, I've been enjoying that a lot. Um, but that's really all I've been up to. Uh, just that and working. But now, we oh, are starting a Go new on. segment. And, uh, <laughs> okay. Ian, go for it. No, no, it's, it's good. No, 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 go for it. What's up? Oh, I just wanted to get Brennan's uh, official opinion on the movie I watched today, which was, what was it? Uh, the Girl Next Door. Oh, my God. Because you seem like you hated it a lot more than I did. Oh, it it's oh i i almost i mean you gave it a one I, star or like a I, one and a half right yeah just just because it's That's based on a true it, story but... i, I if almost, it is based on a true story i almost just dropped the r bomb there uh but that Racism. movie no <laughs> uh, oh okay <laughs> ratatouille yep okay. uh this movie is a dish made by a tiny <gasps> mouse um no i like a small I, brain I, mouse I, I fucking hate Jack Ketchum. I hate this movie. It's so fucking stupid. It's ugly. From Pokemon? It... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> ah, which one's Jack Ketchum? He's 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 a writer. Oh, there he is. Yeah, he he wrote the book that this is based that that was based on. He looks like. He looks like scum. Scary. He is scum. Whoa. Fuck, fuck that Jeez. movie. Fuck him. Fuck Allegedly. his book. <laughs> and that, that is a Ruminations of Red Rum official fact that Hold Jack on. Ketchum Hold is on. scum. Who's really making my calls here? <laughs> if you're going to start throwing out the stamp, the Red Rum of approval, I need to have some, uh, some clarification on why. Like, why is he scum? He's just he's he's a terrible author. He writes trashy torture porn shit. Um like even if it's based on a true st- what'd you say? I like torture porn stuff though. Okay, but there's a level where torture porn stops becoming entertaining and starts becoming the girl next door. Oh yeah. That this wasn't uh it was torture porn but done way wrong in like the sense yeah. that it was just annoying and kind of I don't. It was just annoying to watch. Yeah, it's uh, fucking terrible, and I wish that movie. Uh, no, that I can't say that. 
Um, I wish the movie didn't exist. I can say that. You know, I was thinking that too, but I, ah, man, I don't know. It's it's like a double-edged sword because I, I want to see more movies that are about everything, but I don't ever want to see that movie again. And I yeah, kind of wish terrible. that it wasn't made into a movie. Yeah. So. I was going to do a really cool song transition for the new um, segment, but I'm not going to do that anymore because you kind of took away my... Uh, you can still wind, do it. The wind in my sails. So, um, oh no, no, S- set it back up. Let's. Uh, What's well, Commodore's that shit? Sail on. <laughs> is it fresh or is it frozen? Is it fresh? Okay, actually, I didn't have a song, but we're gonna get into the new <laughs> segment, which is Rotten Tomato. Rotten fresh tomatoes. Or what do they call it? Fresh or what? Certified fresh or what? Or splat. Splat, but it's not called splat, is it? Splatter. Anyway, squash. So here's here's how the game works, guys. So we're gonna try this out. We're gonna have a little bit of fun. Okay. So we have a total of three, four, five films. Okay. Every film slash question is worth two points. One for starting out if it's guessing if it's fresh or rotten. That's that's the word rotten. And if okay, let me back up. And another. So if, so if you get the fresh or rotten question correct, you have the opportunity to get another point, and you have to guess the percentage, and it has to be within 7%. Okay. So okay. one point for fresh or rotten, and so then another point to, for the percentage? So let me back up. So okay. this is the testing ground. This episode is the testing <laughs> ground. So We can cut I'm, this out, too. No, no, no. No, no. We're gonna okay, okay, okay. I'm going to read the synopsis of the movie. And then after that, you are going to guess if it's fresh or if it's rotten. Okay. And you're either, you're not, you're not going to tell us the title. Correct. I'm not going okay. to tell you the title. I'm ready. And you're going to guess if it's fresh or rotten. If you're correct and you you guess correctly, you advance to the stage two of that same question, and you can earn a second point oh, by like guessing it. within the seven percent range. Okay. Okay. H- how do we buzz in? There's no buzzing. You guys both get the opportunity to guess your answer. Oh, and we both? Okay. Yeah. And then afterwards, you guys can just guess your percentage. And then if okay. you guys get within 7%, you guys get an extra point. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to tally these. I'm going to keep track of these for the next six months. Whoa. And then after this six-month period, the half-year period, there's going to be a prize. There's going to be a horror-related prize. Ooh. And I'm going to get with people in the Ruminations Radio Network to help me with this prize, okay? Ooh. Is it going to be a life-size statue slash puppet of Dobby from Harry Potter? I don't want to give anything away, but yes. Um, oh! <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right, guys. Question number one. Is it fresh? Is it rotten? I don't know. Is it fresh? Mitch, please put a song in there. Um... <laughs> The first synopsis. Is that, am I saying it right? Synopsis. 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 Thank you, God, for correcting me. Why didn't you call me out on that? Jesus Christ, you're going to sit there and make me look like a fucking asshole. All right. So, is that minus in- one point for me? Yes, it is. No, I'm kidding. While yes. investigating a series of mysterious deaths, Sergeant Ben Peterson finds a young girl who is unable to speak. As Peterson joins forces with the FBI and its scientists, 
he discovers that all the incidences are due to giant ants that have been mutated by atomic radiation. With the aid of the military, he attempts to find the queen ants and destroy the nest before danger spreads. Is it fresh or is it rotten? Wait, and these are all 1987 movies, right? No. Oh. No, this, this is an old movie. I think I know what movie, but... Um, is it fresh or is it rotten? And I think I want to say there's a Criterion Collection for this. No looking anything up. I shouldn't have to say that, but... I'll oh, say gonna, my hands are free. Hands are free. I'm going to say rotten. Okay. I'm going to say... If I think it is what I think it is, then I'm going to say fresh. Is that your guys' final answers? Yeah. Yep. The movie is them exclamation uh, mark. Yes. 1954. It is fresh at 90% yes! with 57 critics and 77% with over 5,000 reviews. You didn't now, let me guess the percentage. Just give the percentage. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Two points, baby. No, 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 no. This is the guinea pig episode. This is this is the testing grounds, right? So Ian, I'll give you the two points. Yes. Oh, because yes. I think there is a criterion fault. for this. That's my fault. I got to do it. Um, Ian, two points. Sure. Okay. This is rigged already. Number two. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Oh, let me actually just to say the genre is horror sci-fi. It's directed by Gordon Douglas. His highest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes is The Detective starring Frank Sinatra, 1968. And it's rated 100%. On Rotten Tomatoes. Certified French. Certified French. Number two. Host 2020 is rated 100%. Okay, let's let's continue. (laughs) (laughs) Number two. In the wake of her mother's death in a mental institution, Detective Rita Vetter is assigned to a baffling serial murder case. After examining the crime scene, which is a corpse-filled ship found in a drift at sea, she meets Maximilian, a smooth-talking Caribbean playboy, determined to romance her. When Rita begins suffering from crippling hallucinations, she calls upon her doctor, who is an occultist who suspects a vampire is on the loose. Genre is horror comedy. Is that what we do in the shadow? No. Wait, is wait, it uh, fresh or is it I, rotten? I do have a question. Um, Absolutely. W- w- at what percentage point does it go from fresh to rotten? Is it 50? S- under 60% is rotten. Under 60. Okay. I, yeah, so it's 59 or less is rotten, I, I believe, right? Ian? I can look uh, it up. I have no idea. I'm thinking of the movie right now. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I think this is Dark Shadows. I'm pretty sure it's 59% is rotten. Yeah, yeah, Ian, that's what I was thinking. I'm thinking Dark Shadows. Uh, yeah, it might for, be the old one, for which I will say rotten. I think the old one actually has a pretty good rating. Ah, oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go rotten. I'm gonna go rotten. Okay, you guys are both correct. It is rotten. Now to guess the percentage. Forty-two. Not twelve points. <laughs> Fifty-two. I was like, oh, I'll take it. Okay, so we have 52 from Brendan, and how much? Yeah. 42. 42. It is... Oh, and just to clarify, we're going off of the critic uh, percentage. Yeah. So the percentage is 
rotten at 12%. Oh, that's why you picked 12. <laughs> with, with 34 critics and 31% with 50,000 reviews. Directed Wait. by Wes Craven. Oh, his highest rated horror movie or his highest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes is A Nightmare on Elm Street 1984 at 95%. Wait, can I guess what's titled? It's Vampire. Uh, yeah. It's with, Vampire in Brooklyn with, with, with Eddie Murphy. Oh, 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 John Carpenter does the other vampire movies. Yeah, he does vampires. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, John mm-hmm. Carpenter's vampires. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was, I was thinking about a completely different movie. Yeah, Have you weird. guys seen uh, A Vampire no. in Brooklyn? Yeah, it's uh, terrible. Obviously. I haven't seen it in some time. I had no idea that Wes Craven directed it, but um, I don't remember it too much. Like I remember like little snippets and scenes, but I don't remember it that much. I'm a no. vampire, Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. Simon and Greg meet a group of friends and set out to attend a rave on a remote island. When they miss the ferry, they decide to ride with Kirk a smuggler. They find the island deserted and discover that the partygoers have been killed by zombies. Now, the group must evade the deadly creatures and try to find safety. However, the only means of escape has been overrun, forcing the survivors to ward off the undead. Is it fresh or is it rotten? It's fresh. Is it, it's zombie, isn't it? I'm not going to tell you yet. Yeah, that's right. Oh, well, if it's zombie, I haven't seen this. Um, but if it's zombie, then I'm going to go fresh as well. Are you sure it's zombie? I'm, I don't know. I have no idea. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure at zombie, they go you to should, a remote you island. You should listen to what I said and think of your own answer, Ian. Not, yeah, not to, uh, not no, I'm going to go off of what Brendan said. Zombie, but I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> so you guys both say, you guys say fresh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It is rotten. So you guys do not, not get the point? That sucks, because I, I was thinking, I was like, this can't be a good zombie movie, because I, I think I've seen all the good zombie movies, but I haven't seen zombie, and I know that's a good zombie movie. So, so you zombie. guys will not have access to the second round, which will grant you a secondary point. So it, it is rotten at 3%. Oh, it's House of the Dead. With 61 critics and 10% with 25K reviews. It's it House is of the Dead. 2003's film House of the Dead. It's I genre know. horror action directed by Uable. 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 His highest, his highest rated movie is They Wait 2007 at 40%. House of the Dead. Oh, like the video game? Like it's the a, video there's game. a movie? <laughs> there is a movie. Yep. It is. Oh, that movie. So no points awarded for this round. We got two more to go, guys. Number four. A possessed pair of jeans is brought to life <gasps> to punish the unscrupulous practices of a trendy clothing company. I think I've seen this. Shipped to yeah. the company's flagship yes. store, Slacks proceeds to wreak carnage on staff locked in overnight to set up the new location. Is it fresh or is it rotten? So this See, is, I'm, I'm having difficulty with this one because I've seen it and I remember not enjoying it. But there was a lot of hype behind it. And I feel like it. Don't look I, it up. I, 
I'm not. I'm not. I feel like it was one. Of, I'm going to go with not fresh because killer jeans. You kidding me? But <clears throat> it could also be like does, a really Doesn't that feel low... like a movie that, that critics would like and audiences would hate it? No. Genre, horror comedy. It seems like a movie that wouldn't have a lot of critic uh, review. So it might have a, it might be certified or okay, not certified, you know, but uh, I'm, fresh. I'm going to say fresh. I'm going to say run. The movie is fresh. That's it, it slacks, right? Is it? Well, yeah, I actually hooked up and said it in the description. Did you? Uh, yeah, oh, I didn't even. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, so, that being said, uh, guess the percentage. I, I feel like it's not going to have much over 70 but I also feel like I'm going to be surprised. I'm going to say 77. The movie is directed by Elsa Kephart. The movie is Slacks. Came out in 2020. It is fresh with 69 critics reviewed at 96%. 96% with 69 wow. critic reviews and 42% with 50 plus ratings. Per user. Wait, aren't we supposed to get two points if we get the first one right? You get one, one point, point if you get the first one oh, right, and okay. you can get up to two with each okay. question. Sorry. <clears throat> Are you guys ready for the final? Yes. Final movie. Okay. Sexual deviant Frank inadvertently opens a portal to hell when he <laughs> the while abroad. The act unleashes gruesome beings called Cenobites who tear Frank's body apart. When Frank's brother and his wife, Julia, move into Frank's old house, they accidentally bring what is left of Frank back to life. Frank then convinces Julia, his one-time lover, to lure men back to his house, his one-time lover, really? So he can use their blood to reconstruct himself. Now, you guys may have looked this up prior to the cast, but is it fresh or is it rapid? This is going to be fresh, fresh. at 85%. 70. I'm going to oh, say 72. Going yeah. So fresh at 85 and fresh at... 72. I... <laughs> you, you looked it. So... It is genre horror, directed by Clive Barker. Highest rated movie is Gods and Monsters, 1998. 96% is that rating. It is fresh at 72% with 50 critics. This motherfucker. And 72% with 50K ratings with wow. user ratings. So it actually matches the critics' ratings with over 52,000 people rating it. Yeah, that, that's exactly why I remember it. I thought that that was so weird that it exactly matched. Okay, so let me go ahead and tally this up real quick. I should find a better way to do this. Two <laughs> plus two. So we got Ian with five. And five. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, I think we're tied. Okay, Okay. yeah. You guys are tied. That ends. Is it fresh? Is it right? I don't know. Is it right? That's the new segment we got, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed.
I did. That was very fun. Cool. Now let's get into the logistics, people. This movie released with a total of 1,097 theaters grossing $14,564,027. That's domestically. Worldwide was actually the same. I'm sorry. Um, And the budget is not listed. Surprisingly, um, let me pull that up real quick. So only fourteen million the the first week. I think that's total through its oh, run through the box office. Uh, interesting. One million was the budget, oh, and it grossed fourteen wow. million. So it made a shit ton of money, guys. A How did they do that with one mil? That's impressive. That's really um, impressive. Oh, or is that um, well not the, uh, adjusted to, to, for inflation? Uh, Tony Randall, one of the executives at New World, uh, funneled some of his personal money into this movie. Um, after, so after filming had finished, uh, this is part of uh, my special effects stuff that I was looking up. Um, Tony Randall wanted some more money into the effects, so he pumped some of his personal money into it. So that's uh, that's not accounted for in the one million dollar. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But also, one million in nineteen eighty six was probably a seven. Lot. Well, they yeah. made it in eighty six, but yeah, that, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, that seems pretty accurate for the movie. I mean, I mean, we'll get into the special effects and all that kind of stuff later, but I feel like one million sits about right. But that does seem like a lot. That that's almost like a uh, a low budget movie nowadays. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of crazy if you put that into context, but um, okay. So uh, we're gonna jump. This movie did release in 1987, so we're gonna jump a little bit into the uh, highest-grossing movies of that year. Specifically, uh, we're gonna go horror first, and then I'll do the top five uh, overall. The highest-grossing horror movies of that year was um, Aliens. Now it did release in 1986, but uh, it did extend through the 1987 period okay. and it made 183,000 dollars $183 which is quite a quite a bit. is is aliens the sequel to alien yes okay oh and then alien 3 okay it's game over man it's game over correct correct just like that movie because it sucks no i'm just kidding it doesn't suck um but i'm not a big fan of james cameron does he direct that for sure why do you not like aliens um it's just it's so different from the original you know and that's fair i think it doesn't like things that are different from him (laughs) (laughs) if you think about it though like could they have expanded on the lore and the universe in any other way aside from james cameron yeah yeah easily (laughs) that's like the only action one that they have it's action sure but like other than the basketball scene in four. I feel like that kind of expanded more than what, like the first one was so contained and so like singular that I feel like if you were going to make a universe out of it, I think it did the job though, right? Is it though? Because they practically go through the same thing, like set wise, they're on another planet, they're on the ship again. So, 
I mean, it's just a ship in place. I like the character Newt, though. I'm sorry. Keep going. I don't know. I just, I disagree. I I really like aliens, but we're going to cover that, so I won't go too far into it. Um, 1987 was also the year that Predator came out. That was number two. So we had aliens and Predator back to back. Predator was at 98 million and 268,000. Ian, tell me about Predator. Dylan, you son of a bitch. It's possibly the greatest Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, movie of all time. But is it better than the sequel, uh, Predator 2, though? That's that's a good question. That's up for debate. But um, really great movie. <laughs> One of my favorites. Quotable. Brennan, do you like Predator? Yeah, wait, so you're telling me that alien more than doubled predator oh yeah wow yeah that's that's insane is it though i not really kind of i mean i I mean schwarzenegger was kind of in his prime at that point and predator is such a highly regarded movie now wasn't Um, predator one of his first movies though was it if not his first i think his like biggest uh movie or the most he made out on a movie was twins right yeah but that was after predator right yeah yeah i think predator was almost his like debut right no because he was like conan the barbarian and i think that came out early 80s mm, okay that's her yeah you're right I'm, about I'm, that i have to look up his filmography now because I, either I re- way i don't find it that surprising considering Aliens is a sequel. Yeah. Um, of a, like, an instant classic. Yeah. And you're going to make a sequel out of that? And that's the cast, and that's the, the movie you make? I mean, it's pretty. It's a pretty easy um, way to make money. <laughs> Dude, Aliens is so good. And then number three, we have uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. And now we're dropping down to 49 mil. It's crazy. Like wow. by 1988, we already had four Nightmare on Elm Street movies, um, and it only started a couple years prior. And then Pet Cemetery was number four at 57 million, the original. Sometimes dead is better. Wait, so can can I just say real quick? So Terminator was 84, Commando 85, Running Man same year 87. So I, I, I feel like with the Terminator... I'm sorry, I'm just still stuck on that. I can't believe that Aliens over doubled Predator. No, let's talk Why? about it's, yeah. that. Why? That's the first movie in the franchise versus a wildly successful instant classic but, like Alien. But Okay, so let, let, let's look at the cast here real quick. Sure. Where's the cast? It's right there. You have Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers, Bill Duke, yeah. Jesse Ventura. Like, come on, like... Those were some big names at that time. Jesse I just... Ventura back then was like having, who's that one guy? John Cena in a movie now, though. Like that yeah. wasn't. But uh, but still, like like, re- wrestling was was a really big thing back then. I I just I don't know why I can't get past how the sequel to Alien more than doubled the box office numbers for this. I I'm very awestruck by that. I understand it. But I don't know. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't in his his peak yet, so we can't we can't necessarily say that he was the reason to drive sales. 
I mean, and then a couple. Th- actually, I would even argue that because this was after, um, he played Apollo Creed in Rocky, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what's his name? Carl Weathers. Yes. So this was after that, right? Um. Because yeah. I would say, yeah. arguably, he's like probably the biggest name in this movie. And, he, and, it, and that's a good. He was also in Close Encounters of a Third Kind. Uh, he was in. He was also Chubbs. And Happy Gilmore. Well, that's, well, well, that's that, after. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I just think that's really surprising. Well, those are the facts, and the numbers don't lie. That's true. And then the highest grossing movie period of this year was... Wait, wait, can I guess? Is it... Go ahead. Godfather? It was not Godfather. Okay. It was Beverly Hills Cop 2. <laughs> oh, okay. Damn, I was about to get really hyped. <laughs> Wait, how, how, much, how much did it make? $153,665,036. Wow. Followed by number two with Platoon, three Fatal Attraction, four The Untouchables, and five Three Men and a Baby. That's so insane. Okay, so you're, you're telling Beverly Hills me. Cop 2 is the worst <laughs> in the franchise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but one, one is arguably the best so if yeah. of course everybody would go to c2 because yeah. they love one so yeah i will say the untouchables is fucking awesome does that have uh denzel washington i don't think so am i thinking of the right movie i think oh, you no. are you're thinking no? of another it... movie called the untouchables but it's about football something totally different oh okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um you know, it has Kevin Costner, Sean Connery, <laughs> Robert De Niro, Andy Garcia. My God, Kevin Costner. I just want to give. I, I just oh, give it also has Bill, it also has Billy Drago, who is in Predator. That's fine. I like that dude. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. but I just want to give my shout outs to Mannequin, which was number twenty one mm. at forty two million dollars. Uh, we also have The Golden Child at twenty six with I hate Ed, that movie. Eddie Murphy, not a bad movie. And then. Um, I would say, finally, I mean, La Bamba. La Bamba, number 12, La with uh, La 54 Bamba. million. Richie Valens. Great movie. If you have not seen La Bamba, everybody just go watch La Bamba. It's a great movie. What about Full Metal Jacket, Dirty Dancing, Evil Dead 2? Or Lethal Weapon? I mean, there's a bunch. This movie was crazy. Crocodile Dundee, number one. Are you kidding me? Robocop? Opera. Robocop was number 14? Like, come on, dude. Dario Argento's opera came out. Lost Boys. Yeah. I actually don't like Lost Boys. There's a bunch of great ones. A bunch of great ones. Ernest Goes to Camp? Come on. No, but let's be real. Raising Arizona was number 49, and that's a fucking banger. Spaceballs, 24. It's got my state's name in it, so it's got to be good. Spaceballs. Ooh, Born in East L.A., number 64. That's a great movie. What else have we got? Now you have I'm planes, trains, and automobiles at 29. Robocop. Come I on, just bro. Said that. Just said that. <laughs> <laughs> we got Overboard, though, with Kurt Russell at 100. Overboard. That movie is nice. supposed to go way further up the list, in my opinion. Way further up the list, in my opinion. That's a banger. It can is I, a banger. I'm just can saying. I say that between 30 and 40? There's some real bangers. You have The Running Man at 30, Lost Boy, or, uh, 32 is Adventures in Babysitting, 33. Oh my God, that movie's amazing. Yeah, 33 Lost Boys, 
Um, 36, Throw Mama from the Train. That movie is awesome. I feel like 30 to 40 were all the, uh, like, cult classics. Yeah, <laughs> Harry and the Hendersons, 38. Princess Bride. I don't really like the Princess Bride that much, but it's obviously a big deal. Yeah. Stepfather came out. Oh, and uh, Death Wish 4, Charles Bronson. Still kicking it. Scooby-Doo meets the Boo Brothers, bro? Oh, that came out Actually, the Monster Squad as well. I don't care. Oh, you guys haven't seen that movie? Um, Monster no. Squad's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I like it. I think I like uh, the Goonies better, but the Goonies sucks. I agree. All right, guys. But now we are getting into Hellraiser. Oh, do and, we want to start talking about that? Uh, yeah, we're gonna start talking about Hellraiser. But first, you're gonna <laughs> tell me a little bit about the director, Ian. What do you got for me? Clive Barker. Born October 5th, 1952, in Liverpool, England. Oh, he's English. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, it was such a daunting task to do Clyde Barker because he's so, uh, he's a lot. He's a big, in- big infamous. name. Yeah. yeah. So I actually didn't do any research on him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Right there. <laughs> Uh, I'm just kidding. He is, he is, but he was very intimidating to research for just because he does literally everything. Um, Let me list off his occupations real quick. Um, Author, author of many books, director, screenwriter, producer, actor, playwriter, painter, illustrator, video game producer, comic book writer, and many more. He is a workaholic, and he just loves expressing his, uh, his art and his mind. And he is a very, very interesting man. Uh, he first started um, in his, uh, his early, early years in Liverpool, England. Um, <laughs> <laughs> being a, uh, While he was in uh, school at uh, University of Liverpool, I want to I say. Uh, he was writing and directing plays from 76 to 1983. Plays such as, and I just took these titles uh, randomly because they sounded really cool. Um, plays such as A Clown's Sodom from 1976. He wrote and directed The Sack, uh, 1977. And History of the Devil, 1980. He then moved on to becoming an author, which seems very um seems like a very uh natural thing to do and he's been doing that um from 1984 till now um and his big debut kind of what what got him into stardom were these shorts called books of blood which ran from 1984 to 1985 and these are actually pretty significant. Um, they spawned many movie adaptations, such as Rawhead Rex, Rawhead Rex, Lord of Illusions, mm. uh, which he also directed, Quicksilver Highway, and Candyman. Interesting. Very interesting. Have, have um, you guys seen Rawhead Rex? I have not. It, but I saw movie, a bunch of footage of it. Yeah, the movie is so ugly, but it's so fun. It is a great creature feature. Nice. I heard. 
I heard the creature is actually not that good looking. And no, he, lo- he, looks like a, he, he looks like a giant. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. It's it's a terrible looking creature, but it looks really fun. It looks like a really fun movie. Um, these books um, actually have movies of their own. Um, two actually. One came out in two thousand nine called Book of Blood, uh, which is, which is based on the anthology. Um, that he created and then a hulu original actually came out in 2020 called books of blood have you guys seen oh those yeah it's got it's it's the poster with the i'm book looking at it right now opening it's like someone's head but it's like a book opening i've seen the poster and i, I didn't know it was clyde barker oh yeah i've seen the poster i have not seen it though no Brendan, have you seen I've, it? No, I've been meaning to... I have it... Yep, right here, I have it saved. Um, but I did not realize that that was a... Anthology. Property. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's, well, that, ma- that makes me like it a lot more already. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Yeah, it's it's what got him into the... I don't want to say got him into the industry, but it's kind of what kick-started him into stardom. Um. I know a lot. He he got um, a lot of praise for this like mini series of books that he created, and there's a collection that actually I kind of want to pick up. I kind of want to pick up after reading about Clark Barker and how interesting this guy is. But um, the movie that we are reviewing, which is called Hellraiser. Sorry, <laughs> I almost forgot. Um, it is actually based on a novella that he wrote, a novella anthology series called Night Visions. And the book that this movie is based on is called The Hellbound Heart, which came out in 1986. You said anthology? Anthology, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it feels like that. And I'll tell you why later. Okay. Okay. Um, so that's pretty much it for his author stuff that I wrote. I don't want to go on forever because he has so many books, so many. Um, and a lot of movies get made into uh, his books, such as the, the short. I, I actually didn't know that the short was based, um, the short, uh, sorry, <laughs> let me speak. I didn't know that Candyman was based on a short from Clive Barker. That, Neither did I. That's crazy. That's very interesting. Um, his director status and Sorry, why I wonder if he gets credit for that in the Candyman like credits at all yeah I'm pretty sure it says written by Clive Barker it does I haven't seen the first one in a very long time so uh, I believe I want to say he's producer yeah he is producer uh, for Candyman well yeah that would make sense and that's awesome yeah very cool very cool Um, I, I will say uh, the uh, Clive Barker made some graphic novels following the Hellraiser storyline after the movie, and they're pretty cool. Yeah, he's made quite a bit of... Uh, um, he made a, a comic book series that started in 2014 for uh, the Hellraiser, and um, it looks pretty cool. looks pretty cool. Um, but going off of his filmography, so everything that he's done in the the film industry. Uh, He's only directed three movies, not including uh, two shorts that came before uh, Hellraiser. 
Um, he directed, obviously, Hellraiser, um, Nightbreed Night from Breed, 1990, Breed, Breed, and Night Lord Breed. of Illusions from 1995. All, all, all of his movies are bangers. I uh, really want to see Nightbreed. It's um, great. I saw footage for it in um, a documentary that I watched, and it looks really good. It looks really, really good. David Cronenberg. Yes, it does. Yeah, I, um, I like I like how David Cronenberg plays a bad guy in that. It like feels really fitting. What else would he play? True. Yeah. I mean, he's, also, he's I, pretty. I don't want to say like he's a sick get man, but like. Yeah. <laughs> he, oh yeah. No. You know? Yeah. Have you have up, you yeah. guys have you guys seen Lord of Illusions? No. No. Oh, it's so fun. Scott Bakula chews up the scenes so much. Yeah, I want to see him. It, it, to check it out. Yeah, and we we can cover them. They're they're not uh, super well known, I don't think, right? I I own both of them. Oh shit! Well, if you Brandon own them, I mean, Brandon owns them. <laughs> he owns them. Do you I'm, own Hellraiser I'm, though? I'm a huge Clive Barker fan. I have. Oh, I have. What did you just I have. Um, I have the. I forget it was a British company that released a remaster of Rawhead Rex. I have that. Um, I have some of his books, some of his graphic novels. Like, he, I feel like he he's like a modern day H.P. Lovecraft without the racism. Yeah, H.P. Lovecraft, super racist. I just yeah. found out what he named his cat, his or cat? was it his, yeah. his cat? Yeah, that we can definitely not say. <laughs> I mean, what did he name his cat though? The N word. Wow. No, it was um. Well, it was the N word, but it was like something a lot worse. I feel like <laughs> that's no bueno. Yeah, Th- but that wasn't the N word. Um. So his. Uh, I feel bad because you really love you really love this guy. Dang. And I did all this research on this man, and you from- come to find, Bren is like huge Clyde Barker fan. You, you gotta speak men- up next time, Brandon. You, you gotta speak up, man. <laughs> you didn't mention that he's gay. Because that doesn't matter to me. Oh. Well what said. Pe- what people do well said, Ian. Well said. in their sex lives doesn't concern me. That's fair. Anyways, um, I'm not gonna mention all the movies he's been producer of or the the writing that he's done for, because it's just it's a lot. He's he's very involved with uh, his work, which makes sense. Which makes a lot of sense. Um, what I do want to mention, lastly, is the toy line and video games that he uh, he helped make. Jericho. Yes. Uh, we'll talk about the video games first. Uh, he made a game called Clyde Barker's Undying, which came out in 2001. And Clyde Barker's Jericho. Somehow, even a worse game. You Sorry, played that guy, or do you know about no, I played oh, both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I played both. Uh, Jericho was r- like a really cool idea. It, uh, it came out on Xbox 360, or at least that's where I played it. And um, I had no idea at the time who Clive Barker was, so I had no thought correlation of like who this person was that made the game. It was just a name stamped on the fucking box. Yeah. But um, going back and thinking about that game, it has Clive Barker written all over it. Like the visual style is completely Clive Barker almost to a point where it almost faults it because I, I almost feel like they were trying to like overdo it in a way, like make it more Clyde Barker than it actually was. 
I don't know for sure. Maybe you could tell me, but it feels like he didn't have too much creative control over that game. And they just went like hardcore on like what Clive Barker's visuals were from his previous work. But um, it wasn't a great game. The gameplay sucked and the story wasn't that great, but the visuals were kind of gnarly. Well, I believe he was producer and um, under occupations, it does have him as visual artist. Yeah, the visuals were there, like on point for sure. So, but yeah, I've definitely seen the uh, the cover art for it. Definitely. I remember I remember seeing that in Blockbuster growing up, and yes. it, the cover scared the yes. shit out of me. Like even looking at the cover now, I understand that the cover's not really scary, but just looking at it brings back like all those feelings I had just looking through the games at Blockbuster and seeing that and being like, no thanks. <laughs> Yeah, this was around the time of, like, the Silent Hill games and all that kind of stuff. Like, it was eh, the first red flag, looking back at it now, that it was published by Codemasters, which didn't put out a lot of good stuff. But um, the visual style of it was, like, really, really um, appealing to survival horror fans. And I think that's what it drew in, but it just it wasn't there. Also, it's developed by, um, I forgot to mention this, I think it was developed by Mercury Steam, which is uh, the people who did the Castlevania remakes, and those actually aren't that bad. So. Oh. Remakes? Mm-hmm. Well, not remakes. The, they made, like, their own separate storyline, um, but it's good. Oh, okay. Um, lastly, I just want to mention uh, the toy line. Sorry, the toy line that he made with Todd McFarlane, the creator of Spawn, which is called Tortured Souls. It's and probably it, what he's like most famous for recently. Who? Spawn? The Todd, Todd McFarlane? Or, yeah, well, that whole line. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even interrupt. Um, and I actually heard about these toys prior to uh, reading up on them uh, from, what was that show? Oh, Pawn Stars. Pawn Stars. Dude, that show slaps. The best I can do is 30. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a better pawn shop show? Uh, Yes. It was a rhetorical question, Kyle. Well, I mean, the answer is no. A better. Uh, Anyways, and you're invalid. Uh, I think that's about it. That's all I got. Oh, dude, like... So I forgot to write this down today, and it was like the most interesting thing that I that I found on him, which was his art. I actually really, really enjoy his art, and uh, I I just sent pictures in the Discord. Um, you guys can check that out in the channel. Paints in, painted in blood. Is that, is that what it's called? Paint in blood. Um, very interesting art style and very. Uh, demonic very demonic and he actually has um what are brendan can you help me out with this this word what is like a not like a a group of paintings but like like a A showcase a showcase yeah yeah you could yeah that that word probably fits i don't know but he had he had some kind of uh showcase that was um it had a very interesting story, and he actually made a book off of it. I think it was called Aberat. Aberat, yes. 
Um, and I will buy this book. Um, it is another uh, set of like mini stories about his paintings. And it just seemed very interesting to me. And I watched a whole like hour on him explaining <laughs> and talking about his art on YouTube. He's a really interesting guy. He is very articulate and very, I don't know, he's, he, it seems like he has a lot uh, going on in his head, like too much. And that, that I guess that kind of makes sense why he writes all the time and he's always making art and has all these projects. That's what artists do. Yeah, yeah. They have to express themselves in some way. On that note, guys, we're going to get into the thoughts of the movie. But before we do, we're going to take a quick commercial break. That way you guys can hear the rest of the quality content coming out of the Ruminations Radio Network. We'll be right back. Hey, kids, it's Don Shanahan from the Cinephile Hissy Fit, one of the podcasts on the Ruminations Radio Network. If you've been enjoying this show, come listen to Will Johnson and I fight it out over cinema's best and worst on Cinephile Hissy Fit. Find us and all the great shows over on ruminationsradionetwork.com. And we're back. Once again, we're talking about the 1987 film Hellraiser, directed by Clive Barker. We're going to get into our thoughts of the movie. Brendan, I'm going to start with you. I thought we had a uh, behind the scenes. Not yet. Oh. Check your notes, bitch. Oh. <laughs> what are your thoughts of the movie? Um. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. I thought that I was holding that back and I was not. Um. So I know that I said I'm a big fan of Clive Barker. Going back and rewatching this, even though I was a little drunk, I didn't enjoy it as much as I remembered enjoying it. Um, I mean, obviously, the idea is really cool. Um, this is n- not arguably the the best Hellraiser in the franchise. They just they just all go severely downhill from here, and kind of like Freddy Pinhead sort of becomes a parody of himself. Um, but. No, like this is a really, really enjoyable movie. Just not as enjoyable as I had remembered it being. Ian, thoughts on the movie? Um, I forgot when I first watched this. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was just some random movie that I threw on uh, someday. And I was like, whoa, this is pretty impressive. And then I just forgot about it for the rest of my life until now. Um, (laughs) But I love learning about directors. They are like artists to me. And and this is literally like from every piece of aspect, this is his piece of art. Yeah. And um, I I really, really appreciated it uh, a lot more learning about uh, Clyde Barker and just seeing his vision come to life on the screen. Do you think a, do you think this would be an A24 release if it were released today? Or 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 a neon release? It'd be neon. Yeah. So I didn't want to get into it just It'd be neon over A24 for for no. just picking okay. between those two. But go ahead. No, it's just comments on the movie. Um I think this suffers from being an 80s movie. That's um, fair. 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's a way ahead of its time and it just sucks that this came out in 87. Yeah. Why though? Like what part of it being 80s suffers? So the good about this was the special effects, the uh, prosthetics, the the practical effects, sorry. Um the Cenobites looked really really good. They looked really freaking good. Um, but everything else just has that 80s, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Of its time? Sheen. It just had its 80s sheen all over it. Yeah, like the electrical effects coming out of the box and, like, them getting drawn on and stuff like that. It was like, ah, man. It kind of just takes you out of it. It well, took it, me it, out of it, sorry. It, it, I, I don't know if you guys would agree with this, but it does feel somewhat reserved in the fact that like, a, a lot of Clive Barker's stuff, mainly you know his, his paintings and drawings and sketches and comics and things, um, they're very sexual in nature. And this movie kind of towed the line of being very, uh, very sexual. But at the same point, it feels reserved in the fact that it was the mid-80s and they weren't trying to push the limit too much. I mean, I I feel like personally it was very sexual. I don't think they well, you know, I, it was I mean, definitely it's all very, yeah. about, it's all about being erotic. And pleasure. I feel like it could have been a lot more and it still would have been as widely accepted as it was. I disagree. I just feel like it was pushed to its maximum at that point. Like I I mean aside from it being like an X-rated movie, like the whole theme was about pleasure and the whole theme was about like uh, well, I'm not going to say the whole theme was about sex, it wasn't, but it revolved around sex and the whole theme was about pleasure and I don't think it could have pushed it any further than that without explicitly showing certain acts. I don't know. That's just me though. I mean as far as it being an 80s movie, um, it did have that 80s sheen all over it, like I said before. And me personally, I watched the movie a couple months ago, and I only got about halfway through before I stopped it. And I can't remember what had me stop it, but I didn't have like the urge to go back to it immediately. And I don't normally stop movies and not go back to it immediately. So that being said... Uh, I feel like this movie suffers from maybe bad writing. I feel like, like I don't mean to shit on Clive Barker, but I, I feel like maybe having somebody to consult his writing would have probably been a better choice. His directing was actually pretty good, um, especially with the flashback scenes of, uh, I can't remember her name, but um, her and the brother... Uh, and Frank. the way they Julia, Ch- Julia and Frank, and the way those scenes intertwined with the present day, I thought was really cool, actually. And obviously, the visual effects were probably what keeps this movie standing where it is today. Um, I like. I'm actually kind of curious. Like, Brennan, I'll start with you. Do you think that this movie primarily holds up because of its 
visual effects and the impact that it had on film or like taking those out do you think it would still stand the test of time i i don't think it would honestly i think that if they would have uh skimped on on how hard they went with like i would be interesting to see what the movie looked like before tony randall funneled his own money into the movie to work on the effects um because the movie was you know it was all shot and stuff so i I would be interesting to see what they initially had but i think that if this movie were any less than it currently is it would not have been successful ian i'll throw it over you next obviously do you think this movie would stand the test of time if the effects weren't as just groundbreaking 80s? I, like, <laughs> oh okay I, I hate to use the word groundbreaking but like the practical effects with like the makeup and the um oh yeah the like makeup and stuff unbelievable was, was, it's good it's really really good and it, it, in my opinion and do you think this movie would still be as popular as it was if it wasn't for the practical effect um i think it it's it's hard because i think that this movie was just made in the wrong decade i just I think agree. It, i agree with that i and and I, I i hate that i really i i think this movie would do a lot better if it was made i want to say like at least 15 years later at least and i feel i feel like it would do a lot better like uh box office wise and um i mean not that not it's it's obviously a classic um but i just don't think it's um as much of a classic as like alien um a nightmare on elm street uh i don't know i'm shaking my ass at at this point taking out the the practical effects would this movie still be a classic yes or no? no taking out the practical effects no okay just themes alone no because there, there's been movies that have been pretty erotic, um, that uh, that aren't as well known. Okay. Well, that being said, um, we're gonna a lot get of Japanese movies to some. <laughs> you're good. You're good. <laughs> that being said, we're gonna get in some behind the scenes footage, maybe on those practical effects. Brennan, do you have anything for us? Uh, I do. <clears throat> so the. Uh... Bob Keane was pretty much the head of the the special makeup effects, and he has done quite a few things, most notably this, Candyman. Uh, surprisingly, he was the special makeup, makeup effects artist for Kroll. Have you guys ever seen Kroll? I've heard of it. That's a bad movie. Kroll? Um, like the 2019? No, like... K R U Oh right. No. Yeah, what what's the twenty nineteen movie? Uh produced by Sam Raimi. It was um it was it's oh, about crawl. Uh, alligator cro- alligator. Crawl. Yeah, crawl. Um he also uh is the guy that designed that creature in the never ending story. Or what <laughs> one of the people who <laughs> that creature? That's yeah. what I I think we I all know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say, if you don't know who we're talking about, then... I, I don't remember what it's called or what it's named. That big dog thing. 
<laughs> What's his name? Rex? Rawhead Rex. Um, Clifford? He also did the uh, the special effects for uh, for uh, Waxwork and Nightbreed. I've seen Nightbreed. One... <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny. Um, yeah, he he's done a bunch of stuff. He did a really good job with this movie. Um, and and like I've said, I think this will be my fourth time saying it. The uh, the executive from New World putting his own money into it. Um, one of the main scenes that Todd Randall wanted to put money into is when uh, Frank's the brother, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When uh the scene of like of Frank pretty much coming back to life. So there's the scene of Larry gets his hand caught on the nail, uh, and he bleeds onto the floor, and then the floor you know sucks the blood in. On that note, really quick. On that note, really quick. Yeah. I love how she asks him, like the blood is going everywhere. It's like it's like overflowing his entire body with blood and she's like is it deep he's like i don't know i haven't looked at this <laughs> like you are covered in blood good sir like yes it's deep <laughs> sorry go ahead what i mean the the shot of him getting the nail into his hand is pretty fucking gnarly like looking at the back of my hand now i can see some veins and that definitely cut into a few veins right there apparently um so, yeah, so like the scene of frank uh coming out of the ground as as a skellington um that was one of the scenes that they that they put a lot more money into um, and i i think that that scene alone is like an incredibly visceral scene dude it's so it, good it's yeah, fantastic it's, it's so good dude and they, they did the old uh indiana jones technique of creating rewinding uh, Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, well, yeah. So they they create they created a wax figure over an animatronic, it. yeah, and then they melted and it and then played it in reverse. Played it in reverse, which, yeah. Like it, it looked like it was played in reverse, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, I found that they had strung uh, rope to it to look like veins. So as the wax was melting, they pulled the veins, and then when they played it in reverse, you know, it looks like the veins are going into place in the body. It's yeah. I I would say that maybe one of the top ten special effects scenes in a horror movie, or honestly any movie um, that I've ever seen. I agree. I agree too. Yeah, and it came out over t- fucking twenty five years ago. Yeah, so and I mean the the design of twenty years. Ago. Like the entire order of order of the gash uh, costume designs are cool. Um, obviously, Pinhead became the most iconic out of that, even though he was called lead Cenobite in the first one and not um, Pinhead. And uh, apparently, uh, Clive Barker hates the term Pinhead. I don't like it either. If I'm being honest, it it, it seems kind of childish, doesn't it? It yeah. also yeah, like it just seems like. I don't know, just like an offhand fucking nickname. It just, I don't know. It, because he he's the Hell Priest. That name has so much more weight. Than way the the hell, hell Priest? Yeah. yeah. It's a dope name. Which was changed from, in the original story, it's Hell Priestess. Oh. So it's that's main. That, that's why in the one that that the they're currently one. remaking they um they cast a woman as oh. hellraiser which has pissed a lot as 
that character, which has really pissed a lot of people off. But that's the way it's originally designed? Exactly, yeah. Okay. So I guess they just well, don't know that then. Well, it's... So, I mean, besides using the term priestess, they never actually say if it is a man or a woman. It's pretty much like a, a sexless yeah. um, thing. But, you know, there's there's context clues. Like, one of the lines is, um, they had a high effeminate voice. You know, and the name is Hell Priestess and things like that. So, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the name kind of gives it away, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it just me? Um, but you know, th- this is definitely effects-wise the best of of the entire franchise. I mean, it's what in the sixth or seventh one you get Fat Pinhead, and that's just. T- did you guys see that one? No. They they cast like it. I'm not fat shaming at all, but they cast a really chubby person to play Pinhead, and he just has these doughy ass eyes and these big fat <laughs> cheeks, and it just looks so ridiculous. So I don't want to get too into it yet, but I haven't seen any Hellraiser but this one. So some some of them are pretty fun. There's there's one that's based around a video game, uh, and Lance Henriksen throws a big video game release party. And it's it's pretty fun. What the heck? That sounds that sounds stupid. Dude, Lance Henriksen, man, he yeah. does everything. That's a guy whose career's gone down the toilet. Whoa! But he did Alien vs Predator. <laughs> <laughs> One yeah, of Ian's but, favorite movies of all time. But, <laughs> but now, I mean, any any fucking indie film that wants to throw fifty bucks on a hot dog at him, he's like, "Yep, I'm in it." <laughs> Like the if it's if it's all beef, I mean, is, is it all beef? <laughs> so if give, it's one of those Costco, give me one of those one of those, uh, those kosher dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I met him at a con. He's a really nice guy. I f- of course you did. Knew you were gonna say something. Of course you did. Like that's, a name drop. That's the first name drop of the <laughs> of the week. <laughs> it was the same. It was the same con where uh, where uh, Ted Raimi got an underage me drunk. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> you got anything else for us? Um, I mean, I, I not nothing, nothing too crazy. I think well, that we can talk about the kills and like certain scenes, and maybe that will yeah. spark something that's tied to what you have. So, yeah, uh, we have a few kills in the movie, mostly the people she brings back from said bars and whatnot. Um. We'll start with Ian. Aside from the recreation of Frank's body, which I think we can all agree was probably one of the dopest scenes in the movie, uh, what do you think your favorite either practical effect was or maybe kill scene as far as like the practical effects with the gore entails? So I really like uh, each time she bashes someone's head in with a hammer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Only kidding. Uh, I like, so there's an image that I can't get out of my head and I haven't been able to get out of my head, which is um, when the husband Larry, I want to say, is <laughs> yeah, such, a sure it's Larry name. such a stupid name. Yeah, it's pretty stupid. It's, it's no Frank, you know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, his name Larry. they go up to the attic because uh, Frank's up there having a, having a bitch fit. And uh, he was like, oh, let me go check this out. And she's like, oh, don't do that. Kiss, mama. <laughs> and then he goes up there anyways. And there's just image 
of two rats that are nailed to, nailed the, to the wall to the wall that's that's hardcore that is why hardcore. and like, it's why, super random yeah why were they nailed to the wall i have any no guess, idea any guesses from anybody wait, here wait, okay so, so th- th- this is one thing i did want to bring up obviously like this dude is living in a house that's paid for and whether or not he's paying up with the mortgage or property taxes that's kind of a moot point because he's still living in the house guys let's so talk it, about the escrow and the homeowner's insurance that we got going on in this property <laughs> sorry go ahead it's a pretty big house though um it's like so three like, stories yeah so like that's something i i get that he wanted to live or that that he was living in squalor for some reason but like you have this whole house you don't need to sleep why are you sleeping in the fucking attic you you weirdo he There's, wasn't sleeping in the attic yeah, he was. That's where his bed was. No, no it was his bed was in another room. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, his his bed was on like the second story or whatever. Okay. Well, then my point is moot. He was doing the like, like the ritual shit, and oh, that's yeah, like right. he died in the. That's in the right. Or whatever. Uh, back to the special effects, though. I love the beginning when they're piecing together his uh his face. That's probably my favorite. Oh, that's uh, cool, yeah. It's probably my favorite scene. So, so you guys are telling me that the only thing that Frank, his name's Frank, right? Yeah. The, the only thing that Frank had to do to kill these monsters was to open and close the box again? Because that's what okay, she, yeah. she did it's at the ca- end. It, it's called a puzzle box, and you got to make two turns and it's done. Yeah, like he couldn't, he couldn't figure that out. Freaking to open out. the portal to another dimension to get sex demons. This is a porno, bro. She, yeah, this is a porno. I'm not going to lie. And she single-handedly killed all four of those things with like five flicks of her wrist. And Frank yeah, could and, hang. And she kills the engineer at the end by just throwing the puzzle box in its mouth, pretty much. Yeah. Like, I don't remember that kill. It's, also, what was the deal with the h- random homeless person? The that turned into a flying demon. Oh yeah! What is? Going oh, I forgot on? that that was also that was also a last minute thing that they added in. Where you uh, don't say. They, <laughs> they, they, they said Can I also mention really quick? That was super sick, though. Maybe, I gotta admit. Maybe you guys could add context to this because I don't know what was happening, and I was completely sober watching this movie, and I still don't know what's happening. <laughs> she goes to throw the box away in this field of burning bonfires like where like what is happening i've seen that in other movies though that happens like all the time it it happens in um i'm pretty sure it's prince of darkness i saw it in bullet ballet so it's a thing that happens yeah it's just a random thing in in a bunch of movies i don't i don't know why good enough for me i guess that's where like the homeless hang out i guess right that's what we're just gonna show Justified as, yeah. They yeah. all get their each. They each get their own fires. It's pretty lit. No pun intended. There was no pun intended there. It was lit. It the was fire. lit. Okay. Um. Other than that, what do you guys think of the overall? Wait, Kyle. Go ahead. Both this is you like and you... time I've been interrupted this episode, and I'm gonna lose my shit. I'm not gonna lie. But no, I, I was, I was, I was Go gonna say, it. I was gonna say, both you and I did not talk about our our favorite kills. We we I think we he's let, getting to it. We we let well we let Ian go, and now it seems like we're just changing the subject. Um, 
Well, no, I wasn't changing the subject necessarily, but Brenton, what's your favorite kill? Well, I want to know what your favorite kill is first. <laughs> I want to know what your favorite kill is, Brenton. Go for it. Um, I, I think that it obviously it has to be the 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 to. death of Larry. But we don't see it. Okay, so so, so you're you're saying that after he has all those fish hooks and shit in his face, he's gonna survive? Well, I mean that wasn't really Larry dying, right? Okay, Frank. Larry Larry Frank. That was Frank. Okay. Larry yeah. Sla- Frank in Larry's body. I agree. He, I agree. That he, was crazy. That uh and also fun fact, the line Jesus wept, he improvised. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So like that that image is just so intense. So that also, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say so that just has to be my favorite death. It was the most visually fucking dope thing aside from the recreation of Frank in the movie for sure. Yeah. Um I also like just the implication that Frank murdered Larry and he's wearing his face and oh, pretending yeah. to be the dad around his daughter. Like that's fucked up. And like you can see that that his acting style completely changes at that point. For sure. For sure. Shout out to Andrew Robinson who plays Larry cuz uh that whole scene when she comes back to the house and you could see the bloodline around the back of his neck and like which didn't you, look too good but it didn't look great. I mean, let's be honest, but still like you like the suspension of disbelief of knowing that it's like you know, Frank there with the fucking skin on his face was really cool. And I thought that angle was that's actually really awesome. What what was your favorite kill death? I mean, I agree with you. It had to be oh, okay. uh Larry dresses Frank or Frank dresses Larry. Yeah. No, yeah. that 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 shot is just so intense. Where it pans back and it's just him screaming and it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, it's so good, dude. It's so good. Um any other things you guys want to cover? There's some really good lines. I know you commented on the um, the dialogue, Kyle, or the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I agree with it, um, but I do think that it has some really good lines, like Jesus wept, and pretty much anything that uh, Pinhead says, such what, as... What's your pleasure, Mr. Carton? Well, yeah, I'm not backing on the dialogue. Um, I'm, I'm back, like, I'm... I have a problem with the writing of the overall like story and the progression of the story. I'm not, yeah, and like the character arcs and all that kind of stuff. It just the the dialogue was cool. The dialogue was dope. And the one thing, the the one example that you just mentioned wasn't even written; it was improvised. So, <laughs> I mean, Ian, like what the, are what are some of your lines? No tears, please. It's a waste of good torturing or good oh, suffering. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's, that's a really good, good line. When that that's hit, good one, yeah. And then we have so so much sights to show you, right? That's, that's really the classic one. Such yeah. sights to show you. That's really uh yeah, Pinhead's got some banging lines. And even um okay, I have a question for both of you actually. Um favorite Cinnabite go. Are we are we only including the Cenobites from this movie? This movie, yeah. I mean, uh, I haven't seen any of the other ones. Um, I would have to say Butterball. Oh, 
just because he looks so ridiculous. But also, <laughs> Ch- Chatter Teeth is pretty fucking. I cool. like Chatter Teeth. He's my favorite. He's my favorite as well. Nice. Do you, like do you guys have a, Do you guys have a reason for him being your favorite? Um, I just creepy. like his overall design. He's creepy, yeah, and like, I mean, is there any other reason I need? But no. except for just the way he looks, I mean, I just, no. yeah. He just Ooh, looks cool. Fun, fun SFX fact: uh, the actors playing both Butterball and Chatter Teeth could not see through their uh, through their uh, face prosthetics. I don't even think Chatter Teeth has eyes. You know, yeah, yeah. That that's one of the reasons. That one of the reasons? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's get into if you guys have. Nothing else to mention, like the, uh, like the side character, like the boyfriend, and just how, exactly. Um, we'll just get. Wait, into I, 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 I will say the <laughs> one of the weirdest characters was the uh, the hot moving guy. Yeah, the hot moving guy. Wait, which which one though? The guy that uh, well, oh, the other oh, guy was gotcha. a fat yeah, lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because all he asks Julia is like, hey. Do you have beer? And Frank is like, "Yeah, I'll get it. That's what I'm good for." Like, and then he like, gets some beers. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not even sarcasm. So he's like, "Hey, you can cuck my wife, and I'll give you a beer." <laughs> like, yeah, this guy's a simp for sure. He's too good to her. Well, yeah. And then, I think the, he was being sarcastic because he was holding the bed and looking at his wife to like, hey, can you go grab the beers? And she doesn't move. And he's like, cool, I'll go grab them. It's not like, I'm yeah. carrying a fucking bed in my arms right now. I'll be right back. Like, but also, well, why it, is he carrying the bed upstairs when he has movers? Great question. Exactly. Great question. Well, And then, the, like, the only other scene with that moving guy is when uh, uh, Kirsty, it's Kirsty, Get, right? Not gets her daughter's sure. looks, huh? Yeah, yeah, like that's like his, looks. his only two lines are to hit on the only two women. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every guy in this movie is just kind of a pervert, though. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah there's a really the boyfriend. I guess is he a boyfriend? Yeah, I mean he's he's super creepy, and he's like old. Like, he he's looks old. a lot older than her. Which is fine. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not age shaming. Not age shaming. It's the eighties. It's the eighties. I didn't. I didn't see him as older. He kind of looked pretty young. Really? To me, I thought he was like late thirties, mid thirties, and she Are looked you, like she was in. Really? She looked like she was nineteen, probably. He looked mid twenties to me at most. Yeah. But Teacher's maybe own. that's because I'm looking from an older, older lens. Yeah, we're looking um, from our old man eyes. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Let me put my bifocals on. <laughs> well, folks, we're gonna get into the final thoughts of the movie, and Ian, we're gonna start with you. Final thoughts and rating on the movie. That end scene, though, so colorful. Um, I like when the walls are bleeding. Did you guys notice that? That was mm-hmm. pretty mm-hmm. sick. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I really um. I'm really disappointed in this movie <laughs> just because it was made in 87. I feel like it would have, been, it would have done a lot. It would have been a lot better um, for me if it was done 15 years later. 
Uh, I think that Clay Barker, um, that being said, I think Clay Barker did a very good job on this movie and recreating his um, art. And I'm very happy for him that it was a success and it's a classic. So that being said, this is going to be the first movie that I'm going to be rating a B. And I'm actually going to give it an 86. 86. 86% from Ian. Brendan, final thoughts and rating. Well, I'm just all struck right now. Yeah, um, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little awestruck as well, but yeah, I'm not going to show it. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that for both of us. Um, yeah. Thank you. So I, I was initially going to go with the Rotten Tomatoes score for this. But now that Ian's rated it in 86. Do not change your rating based on I'm Ian's rating. all about horny please, movies. Do not no. change your rating based on Ian's rating, for God's sakes. I just, this, I just, I feel like if he's rating this movie so high, then I have to at least go up a few points. Kalobos. I'm going to say. Shut okay. your freaking trap. I swear. To, I'm going to stick with the, I'm going to stick with my 72. Like I said, this is a really enjoyable movie, but my last watch, it just felt like there was something that was lacking, I think, I, and, I, and I'm not sure what that was. Um, and I didn't enjoy it as much as I remembered enjoying this movie. Uh, so I'm going to throw a, uh, a nice Rotten Tomatoes 72 its way. This is the only Hellraiser I've seen. And this is the first time I've seen it in probably over 10 years. So I'm taking this as like my first viewing because I don't remember probably the like the last half of the movie at all. And that's the best part of the movie. Um, I feel like this movie. I'm going to go a step further and not say that this movie is uh, negative necessarily because of the decade it was made in. But I'm going to say that it's just. The writing of the characters and the progression of the story, it doesn't really do anything for me personally. And I think that the special effects are awesome. And I think the main cast of the, um, how do you say the bad guys? Cenobites. Uh, the, the Cenobites. I think they're also, those they're guys, also called the Order of the Gash. I'm going to call it the Order of the Gash because that sounds way cooler. <laughs> the, the Order of the Gash, I think, is really fucking cool as far as the way they're designed i think it's obvious why they would come or why they would become visually iconic because they look rad i just think that this movie relies too much on its visual style and it's it's practical effects to carry what is a kind of a boring movie in in my opinion it's it's not very entertaining overall and I'm so after watching this movie, I'm very, or I was very, I I still am very more intrigued to watch the sequels. But from hearing that they only get worse is kind of, it's kind of saddening to hear because I feel like that there's so much lore and so much like mythos they could expand on with these characters. With it, it, and I just I don't know, man. Just from what I've heard from you guys talk about it already it just doesn't seem like they go in a direction that really matters and that's unfortunate 
So, um, that being said, um, I feel like I'm almost watching this movie. I almost felt guilty because I felt like I was like a horror poser by for not liking this movie <laughs> as much as everybody else does. Like I didn't get it, but hearing Brendan talk about it a little bit more and know that I'm not alone makes me feel a little better. But um, I did enjoy it for what it was, and I do think that Clive Barker has an awesome vision, and I'm glad he got to execute that to his full extent. Um, I just don't think it's as great of a movie as everybody else thinks it is. And uh, I'm going to give it a 71%. Jesus, all that just for a 71? Holy, (laughs) I thought you'd give it like a 40 no lord no i i I felt where you were going with that thank you yeah i i just feel like i mean this movie gets pushed into like the top echelon of horror movies and i just don't think it belongs there in my opinion i i can understand holding pinhead to the level of a freddy or a jason um because sequels were just pumped out over and over again just like those movies um he just he it doesn't hold enough weight and they just let pinhead get too silly like too too much of a par- i think i said this too much of a parody of himself over the over the later films like even worse than freddy yeah and see that's the thing is like i don't think as as being like like if we were to just go to take hellraiser as a standalone movie i don't think pinhead deserves to be on the same playing field as as Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Ghostface. I don't. I really don't. But he is. For some yeah. reason, he is. And people have established him as that. And I don't agree with it. But there's a reason he exists in that field. And I think that, like I said, I've only seen the first Hellraiser. And I know there's a lot of movies. So... I can't speak on it as much as other people can, but based off this one viewing alone in this one movie, I don't get it. And I felt a little worried that I was missing something. And I don't know. That's just me. But you're, you're not. I, I do think it's a good movie, especially for its time and especially for its practical effects. I think that do propels this movie above a D, which is why it's in a C for me. But I don't put it in the B category whatsoever. Okay, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> it's a C for me. And that's where I stand. This has been another episode. Wait, what what's the total oh, score? The fifteenth time I've been interrupted now. Sorry, go. You, 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 never, you, know, I mean, you, you never gave you never know, gave the final score. I know, I'm just giving you shit. <laughs> the <laughs> official Red Room rating of Hellraiser, the classic Hellraiser, is 76%. Better than Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. It is better than Rotten Tomatoes. You're right. How do you guys feel about that rating? I'm cool with it. I think it should be at least a B. Like, an, I would be fine with an 80. I don't know. That's just me, though. I, obviously. And it's Out of us really three, that's just me. <laughs> I could not go below a B minus for this movie for me personally i'm 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 way too into uh 
like erotic and uh torture porn and this is this is this is right up my alley and what, it's what not... a weird say to what what a weird way to say you watch porn <laughs> no <laughs> no no i like um i like hostile and uh saw movies and um, the collector and all these uh 70s J- japanese uh sexploitation movies and this is i mean this is uh a really good film. <laughs> <laughs> this has been another episode of Ruminations of Red Room, the Pandora's box of the Ruminations Radio Network. If you like what we're doing here, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Ruminations of Red Room and on Twitter at of Red Room. That's O F Red Room. And please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and make sure you hit us up with a review and give us a rating. That being said, shout out to Alaska. I'm your host, Kyle, <laughs> with a kick it a K. And with me, I have the new blood, Brennan. I was going to throw a little shout out to Alaska in there, but hi, Mike. Hope you're doing well. Um, also, follow us on Letterboxd. Uh, and uh, Jesus wept. And Ian with Dewey's. <laughs> Mike, 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 Mike. You drunk bastard. <laughs> I'm going to need you to sober up after this one. I'm going to need you to sober up after this one for sure. Um, I hope you get home safe from the bar. And I hope you don't run into a bunch of vampires. I know we're getting into winter, third days a night, all that stuff. Um, just don't don't turn into a vampire and start sucking people's blood. Just uh, get home and ha- have a good night. It's been a rough week for us. Hopefully it's been a better week for you. Stay spooky, folks.